Hey Thrivers, you're listening to the Thrive Student Ministry Podcast. Thrive is an MBSF college ministry on the campus of the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. At Thrive, we empower students to engage in their relationship with God through mentorship, friendship, and the discovery of their purpose. For more information on our gathering times, including our events, small groups, and weekly worship, visit us at thriveuark.com or follow us on our social medias at thriveuark. This week, Pastor Jack concludes our series for the glory of God. Add it up. There are some cool things. I hope I hope that you see some of these some of what's going on right now is like opportunities and stuff, you know, stuff to go on. Um, whether that's your um, you know, how you're doing things, what you're doing with your school, uh, whatever. I love like Mallory's testimony just a little bit and just talking about how like because she, you know, for those of you, I mean, well, for those of you who know her, uh, she moves a little bit um, <laughs> as far as uh, running around and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, that's not a knock. That's, a, that's kind of a, a cool personality trait with Mallory. Um, but to say, hey, look, COVID hits. My, the end of my senior year gets really jacked up. And so what are we going to do? And so in her case, it's like, hey, I'm going to spend some time praying, spend some time, you know, taking like rest. And then... Let's just seek and see what happens. And so I hope, I hope that's the truth with, with some of you in, in just different opportunities that are kind of coming about. Um, in my house, I feel like we do that on a regular basis or we try to. Um, cause, and sometimes it's a defense mechanism, right? Because sometimes you might as well do that or you can just start crying. Um, <laughs> or sometimes in my case, you know, want to throw something. Um, <laughs> and so I don't yeah, Usually you're on one end of the spectrum, you know, you're either wanting to throw something or just melt and cry. And sometimes it's both. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I hope some, through some of this opportunity that's around us that you do see it as kind of an opportunity. Um, and so speaking of opportunities, I, that's kind of where I want to start tonight, because we've talked about some like core tenets of, of, of kind of what Christianity is. And, and I think it kind of goes for all of us. Right. Um, I, I know in this room, I know in this room and I've had coffee conversations, I've had, you know, discussions with several of you guys to know that there are a lot of you who are believers. There's a lot of you who are have been like raised in Christian households. And then there's, there's a good handful of you others that like, like you didn't. That's not really your lineage or your history. That's not really where you came from. It's really only been the last couple of years. And then there's some, there's some of you too that I know you're trying to figure it out. And, and what I would tell you, for those of you who, would, who can definitely identify in the crowd part, that would say like, I'm not really sure about this Jesus thing. I don't really know about faith. Like I'm not 100% sure that my faith is there. Um, I would just tell you like it, you're in a good place because... There's a lot of people in here that are in the same boat, and a lot of you are because you're in college, and you're at that stage and age of your life where you're trying to figure out what life's going to look like. And along with that, what does it look like for you to trust and follow in, in Christ? And so we've talked about in the last few weeks what kind of grace, right, the unmerited gift, faith, of like, hey, it, it, there's an element of, of stepping out and trusting in something you can't see, something you don't fully know. And, and then to the idea even of the scripture and not so much really me trying to convince you that the scripture is true and real, uh, but more from the standpoint of like, hey, listen, if this is the word of God, we got to read it. 
And if you're trying to investigate and understand at all, like I would encourage you, like, like don't just go on the assumptions of your friends or um, mentors or even whatever, but like, like you for yourself ought to and need to read it. And if you're a believer, you need to read it because, man, it's the living word of God. And I promise you this, the spirit has this supernatural weird, like, I mean, I don't want to get like taboo, kind of strange, whatever, but like, there is something special about it. That's something I, I've read it at different times in my life, and I don't quite know how to articulate or explain that when I read the word, something's different. Something's different in life, and, and it doesn't even mean that everything goes smooth all the time. But it does mean that God has this way of like reminding me that He's there and that, that He's with me, even in the midst of chaotic times at times. And so, opportunities, right? And really kind of even where we are tonight is the idea that, that Christ is at the middle of all of this, at the center of it. I, I had a conversation, it's been several years ago now. Um, it was an interesting conversation. It was one that um, I, for some of you, um, you've got some old high school friends, right? And some of you have, or, or you're, you're a lot different than you were in high school. And so for some of you, like it was just a few months ago. Um, and, and because of coronavirus, maybe it feels like a couple years ago. But anyway, um, but, but you're all at kind of different stages. I was a couple of years out of college to my knowledge. That's what I'm, I'm pretty positive. That's the way it worked. Um, and, and so I, I went back into my hometown, like a small town. Uh, that I grew up in in southeast Arkansas. And so I go back into town. I'm visiting my family, my, my immediate family. And I kind of, uh, one of my good friends that I kind of grew up around, uh, played basketball with in third grade. I think we went to the same daycare, like pre-kindergarten type, you know, one of those guys. Um, and so been around each other all of our lives. Um, and and he, I, I, he had moved or his mom had moved since, since we'd gotten out of school and all that kind of stuff. And so I just happened to drive by the street. I saw his vehicle. I don't remember if I saw him out or doing something, but I, he may have been standing out talking to somebody. But I saw, and I kind of made a loop, went back through, and just, just, just going to say, hey. And, and somehow, and I, for the life of me, I don't even remember how we got into it, but we got into a serious conversation. And, and it was good. We were talking about all kinds of stuff with life, and, and he had grown up kind of going to the same church that I had gone to, had some family stuff, had some other things, but, but, but really didn't keep going to church on a, on a solid basis. And uh, during college, um, he had kind of thought a lot about faith, about what it looked like to, to follow God or the lack thereof, or was there a God at all? Anyway, and so, and he was still kind of very much trying to figure, figure things out, but, but a lot more in the question stage than rather do I believe or trust in in God, because, you know, like a lot of people, uh, for the first time in his life, and he hadn't really studied for himself, I, I would say, but, but I mean, for the first time in his life, he had really been around some people who were very well educated, who explained to him how there were discrepancies or things like that within Scripture, and that really messed with him. And so he, you know, really kind of leaned on the side of, like, I don't see how this can be true. And so we got to get into the conversation. And, and it was it was pretty good. And it went some places that I didn't know that it would or whatever. And as a matter of fact, it was kind of interesting because he and I were we kind of locked into a good conversation. And and all of a sudden, somebody else, a, a, another kind of friend that uh, we had known during high school pulled up and it was a female and she, she stayed in the car. But we all got to talking and stuff. And she even chimed in a few different times into the conversation. 
Um, but I remember a, the particular part of the conversation that kind of made a turn. And this is kind of one of those moments, I don't know how many of you, especially those of you who might say you're believers or whatever, I don't know how many times you've had this kind of happen to you. Um, but for me, I would say like this is a moment where, yeah, this is why you read. This is why you pray for wisdom. You should pray for wisdom on a regular basis, right? The ability to know what to do with the knowledge that you have. Um, and you've prayed sometimes that the Holy Spirit would just kind of work in you. I don't, those are really good prayers to pray uh, because I think there's times when, you know, you need to know when to speak up and there's times when you need to know when to shut up and just listen. And so that's, that's a big, that's, I think that's an important big prayer to be, to be praying. And that's kind of where we were in this conversation. And, and it kind of went along something along the lines of, I just don't see how as a Christian that you can say, Jesus is the only way to God or heaven or eternal life or that kind of thing. There's just too many other like religions and stuff like because God is loving, right? That's that's our, our Bible says that. So how in the world? How in the world can he be loving and forgiving and all this kind of stuff? And yet, no, like right now, over half the world doesn't have a chance because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in Jesus. So really? And then what about like human history and all that kind of stuff? That's really not fair. And to which I kind of, I looked at him and, 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 and I had not been in a conversation like that before. And quite honestly, I, I, I love the fact that he was very, to me, was very authentic in that concern. And that I could tell like he had spent some time thinking about it, you know, discussing it with either other people. And I, 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 I knew that I did not, I, I don't know all the details and how to, how to explain the, the intricacy or, or even go into a big, long theological debate with him on it. But what kind of came out was, you know what, you're, you're right. And, and, and I, you know, this is what I said, at least. You're right. It's not fair. And I, I really, I, I'd there's some things I'd like to say, but I don't fully know or comprehend or understand. And I'm not 100% sure about the kid that's in the Middle East whose parents believe something far different than we believe and whose grandparents. And that if he or she even thought about switching it up, and learning and trusting in Christ, that it would mean that they lost their family and were cut off. And then in some cases, even to where their family now should put them down, should, 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 should treat them as, the, you know, hey, they're an infidel and they need to die. That's harsh. And there's no way in the world that that's fair considering my situation where it's easy. And, and I mean, honestly, we're happy. 
I'm glad we got a place tonight. Um, it, I mean, coronavirus for church world, I mean, it's been kind of difficult, but I mean, it's an inconvenience, right? It's a pain in the butt. But honestly, it's nothing like persecution. Not a single one of us are really concerned or worried that, like, we're really going to lose jobs or we're going to lose our lives or lose our family members over worshiping tonight. Probably the closest we've come, right, is, is last week when, when some of us felt like, some of you felt like, you might lose a scholarship for meeting with groups bigger than 10, right? Which, by the way, it's not what the provost said. I hope you've read the email. Um, it's why I feel confident in us getting together, wearing masks, social distancing. I appreciate you guys, you know, spreading out and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's, as far as our Christian culture goes, like, that's, that's our inconvenience, right? But even in that conversation, that's, that's where I remember thinking with him is saying, like, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how to fully explain to you. And you're, and you're 100% right. It's not fair. And, of course, we can't go into the finer details, right? Um, I, mean, I mean, we could, but, but not tonight. On the finer details of maybe how life is not fair, other than some of you have heard since you were, you know, little bitty, that that life is not fair. And it's not. But what, I, what came out the next piece for me to talk to him was this. And I'm going to be honest with you. It came out. I knew that it was right. I don't know how much it impacted him. I don't know really how much it impacted her. I, I feel like it really tracked. It was, it was tracking with him. But the biggest person that it messed with months after that conversation was me. And so the next thing that kind of came to my mind was, I don't know about so-and-so over in the Middle East and that they're raised and, 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 and maybe their entire life, they only get one shot to hear the name of Jesus Christ. Or, or, or maybe they just even get the illusion that there's something else out there, but they don't 100% hear even the name. And maybe that's on us or whatever. But, but what I know is that John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And I'm not going to share his name, but then I looked at him and I said, what are you going to do with that? Because I, I don't know how to answer really for halfway across the world. But what are you going to do with that? Because you've heard and you know. And, and many of you, you've heard C.S. Lewis conversation or talk. Or if you haven't, I'd encourage you, man, Google that up. Uh, if we had a screen, I'd show it to you really quick. Uh, but... Um, you know, the conversation about that, that, that Jesus was not, is not a good person. Right? He's not merely a good person. And I, I love the way that Lewis was able to kind of pin that. 
This idea that, that he either was a liar, lunatic, or he's exactly who he said he was. And he's Lord. But, but he has manipulated and caused lives to be ruined, families to be separated. He has, he, he, he's absolutely the worst person of all human history, in my opinion. If he's not who he said he was. So to just say he was a pretty good teacher, I don't really know that you can do that. But he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So let's back up just a second, because there's, I mean, there's all kinds of pieces here that I'd love to hit with you tonight, and I'm not, we're not going to spend too long on it. But there's the, I, th I think you can go with this a couple different ways. I think for the believer, there's, there's a lot of meat right here for you. And I think for the person who says that I, I'm not sure about this, I don't know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sold that, that Jesus is who, is who he says he is, uh, there's a lot to be said here too. One of it's in the context, and this is going to be some of your next steps in your homework, is for you to go back and, and you to read through John 13 and 14. Okay, because it hasn't been until just recently that I think that I've read like like together and pieced these parts together. And that, it's very interesting to me what we have done sometimes or what I do, at least with chapters and verses and things like that, where that, that's a relatively modern thing. Right. To, to have the separations and to not think about that. It's just to keep flowing and to think that that pretty much. What's happening in John 14 actually is following what happened in John 13. I know it's a novel idea, but, but, but it pretty much kind of keeps rolling right there. And, and what happens in 13 is that they're having the Last Supper. And Jesus is trying to get through to his guys, his crew, the disciples, just the 11 now. And he's trying to get them to, to some, some last messages. And of course, they don't really understand what all is going on. And he's telling them, I gotta, I, I'm about to go, I'm about to leave. And of course, we've got, you know, Peter even stepping up and saying, oh, I mean, like, whatever happens, I'm with you, right? I, I'm here. And, and he's just kind of like, bud, you're not going to make it to the night. Like, I mean, three times before the night's over with, you're going you're gonna to act like you didn't even know me. Don't say you're going to come die with me. And then he turns around in the very first part of 14. I'll just go ahead and read some of that with you. In John chapter 14, he starts it out with this phrase. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Which is very interesting, right? Because like I said, like what he literally ends up with, like with Peter is like, hey, listen, you're not going to make it through the night. Like, like, like you say you want to come, like follow me and you'll follow me to the ends of the earth. You'll follow me until we're dead. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like, no, like you're going to deny me tonight. But don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in the Father. Believe also in me. And so to me, this is an interesting context because I don't know that I've even really paid attention to the fact of who he's, who's in the room when he's making this statement. 
and what's what kind of the feeling is. And this is a, you know, scholars debate a little bit, but this is about nine hours before Jesus is going to be gone. And so he's, he's trying to get through to them and let them know, hey, look, don't lose heart. You believe in God, the Father in heaven, believe in me also. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know, and if that wasn't true, I would have told you. I got somewhere I got to go. Which we didn't have time to really get into this. I think it's humorous. Um, <laughs> sometimes I hope, I hope when you read scripture, I seriously do. Like I really, like, I, especially for those of you who've been around the Bible a long time, I hope you just let your imagination kind of play, play uh, a little bit of space. I had a, a pastor um, that was over top of me, you know, years ago. And he used this phrase and I've loved it. I've stole it from him anyway. And I keep taking it, but um, just allowing your sanctified imagination to kind of play. Um, because sometimes that's, <laughs> it, it, it makes it come alive, right? And so here Jesus is and he's trying to tell them and he's speaking these things that they don't really get and they don't understand. Even though they've been following him, they've seen the miracles, they've seen all this. I mean, in hindsight, we look at it oftentimes and we're like, oh yeah, okay, we see kind of Jesus is foretelling his death. Jesus is foretelling that, you know, Peter's going to deny him, you know, and what all is going to happen on the, the night of the cross and all that kind of stuff. And, and we see it, but, but they don't see it. And so here he is, he's saying, well, I'm going and you know how to follow me. And for those of you who kind of look at it in verse 5, Thomas is like, no, no, we don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know where you're going. Like, yeah, yeah, you do. You know, you know how to get there. No, 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 Jesus, we don't. Like, you, you show us the Father, please. You, like, I mean, if we could see him, God, in the flesh, that'd be awesome. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. You, you're seeing God through me. And of course, you know, they don't get it. They don't see it. But what he drops in this conversation is that line in verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. For the believer, that's a great encouragement. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And if we'll follow after him, that's, that's how you are right with God. The, 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 the difficult part in this is that we try so hard and so, and I say we, because the other side of it, it feels arrogant. When he comes out, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one's coming to the Father except through me. And there's two sides of that coin you can look at. You can look at it and be just frustrated, mad. And I would think that there are a lot of people who are. And by the way, I'll just go ahead and jump, jump, jump ahead of myself a little bit to just go ahead and say this. As a believer in Jesus Christ, this is why you should try to live peaceably among men. This is why we should be the most loving, the most joyful, the most ho hopeful people. This is, in my opinion, also, this, I mean, and I'm not against us, like, in a correct way, defending the faith. That's not what I'm saying. But with the idea that I've got to, I got to make them understand. I've got to, you know, look, I, I love the line. Several people have said it before me, but like he's a lion in a cage. 
just open the door. And so in, in some cases, that's why, like, you, you don't have to so much defend as in fight for the faith. And there could be some more explaining with that. But, but we ought to be loving. We ought to be kind. We ought to be generous. That ought to mark our life. Because there does come a time when there is kind of a line in the sand where it's like, that's offensive to some people. So there's no need for your attitude to be offensive because if you'll just lay out the gospel, it's going to offend some people. And there are going to be some people who don't like it. Okay? You need to be aware of that. You shouldn't be afraid of it because it's the truth. Which is also the other side of the coin where it's actually gracious. And it kind of goes right along with Lewis's quote where he's either a liar or a lunatic or he's actually who he said he was. And he is the way. And he is the truth. And he is the life. And what he says in Matthew 11 verse 28 is, come to me, all of you who are weary and you've got burdens. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And, and you guys kind of understand the yoke, right, of an oxen. But it's also a Hebrews um, rabbi's teaching, the way that he taught. And he says, hey, look, you need to come because... The yoke that I'm teaching, the thing that the way that I am talking to you, it's not about, man, fulfill all of these sacrifices. Do all of these things. Every time that you, you break one of the Ten Commandments, then, then you, you, you do all these rites, you do all these things, you make sure you're clean, you make sure you've done this, you make, all of this stuff. No. The law was given... So that you and I would understand that we are sinners. It was not given to try to figure out that like, hey, look. Like I'm going to keep it all. And so you and I would understand that we have no way to keep it all. Just in case any of us thought that we were good enough. That, well, I mean, I'm not as bad as so-and-so down the street. I'm not as bad as, you know, whoever in the parking lot. Um, I, whatever. I'm not that. No, 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 no. It's for us to understand that I missed the mark. And so... For those of you who, who look at it and you're saying, because honestly, Don brought it up, the term not too long ago, this moralistic deism where I, I can try and I, I'll basically want to earn God's favor. I'm going to do these good things and, I, and as long as I'm pretty good, but, but how good is good enough? How good is good enough? And the other side of this too is the self. 
Like, like we're so big about individualism and who we are and, and what we try to do as a culture. And in some ways it's not terrible, but in some ways it absolutely is. Right? And, and, and we've gotten to a spot in our society where, you know, the worst thing that probably you could be is intolerant. But, but you can't turn around and look at someone and say, look, you're broken. You have, you have some things going on that, that you need help. Now, I love you. And you can come, to, come over to my house to eat dinner. And you're welcome to come into our living room and spend the night. You need a place to stay? We're going to help you out. We genuinely, we love you. But you're broken. I mean, it's, it's quite possible. We could even go as far as saying that it's a mental illness. But as a society, most of the time now, like, I mean, people don't want to hear that. And it's difficult. But this idea, too, of individualism and, and I get to decide what's right and I get to decide what's good for me and my life. The problem with that also is how can what is not satisfying you now that if you got more of it, it would satisfy you in the future? How does, it, how does that work? You and I have a, 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 a hole within our heart, within our spirit that cannot be fulfilled with anything of this world. It's got to be fulfilled with something outside of this world. And what I would tell you is it's Christ. And so what Jesus says right here when he's telling them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a difficult teaching. And there's multiple times throughout the scripture where Jesus does that. There's times where, hey, man, if it was me, uh, I would have left that one out. You know, <laughs> we just, just keep cruising. It had been easier, right? Except for the fact that it's the truth. And so by him explaining that and letting it be known, then we have a clear understanding that, hey, look, for us to attain favor from God, it's not us being pretty enough, good enough, worked hard enough. No, it's about what Jesus has done. It's about who he is. It's about what he has done for us. And when we trust in him alone, then we are found right before God because of the sacrifice that he paid for us. And the beautiful thing is, I don't have to earn it. And, and the thing that, that, that then what that ought to do within us is it ought to stir something within you. That when we grab a hold of that, when we look at it, when we pay attention to it, when, when we see and when you, when you just allow that to kind of wash over you to understand that, hey, look, like I, there's nothing I have to offer. 
to, to really be able to pay for it. It's humbling. And it's mind-blowing. And it goes back really kind of that idea in the first week when we talked about grace. When it just, I, I, I'm just kind of at a loss of words. God, I don't know why you would give me such a gift. I don't know why you would send your son. Why you would, why you would die for me. Because I, I know that I don't deserve it. But because of your sacrifice, it changes us from the inside and it causes us to want to trust in him, to want to give him all that I do have. Because God, it belongs to you. And, it, and it, it's mind-blowing. But Jesus is the way and he's the truth. And he's the life. And my heart's desire is, like is kind of the way we started, is the way we're wrapping it up, is that for those of you in here who are believers, that you understand that, that what the conversation that's being had right here in John 14, that he's talking to believers. He's talking to his disciples. And he kicks that, that conversation off with, don't let your heart be troubled. Like you need to, you need to remember that how you get to the Father is through Jesus. And it all ends up coming back through Jesus. And it, it's a gift that you don't deserve. But, but regardless of the chaos that breaks out, regardless of all the things that kind of goes on, you're right with God through the relationship with Jesus Christ. And don't ever get over that. And for those of you in here who you're like, man, I'm not really sure. Something that, that you have to take an honest look at. That you have to, like, I, I, I wish I could make it easier for you at times. There's times where, like I said, the, the, what messed me up from that conversation for months later was I was thinking like, good grief, man, that kind of is harsh. And that does hurt some people's feelings. And I wish, because of the authenticity of, their, of our conversation and the people that I knew, there's a part of me that, I, out of my sympathetic nature, I guess, and just not wanting to be con, you know, confrontational, I, I want to pat them on the back and say, well, yeah, you know, it's going to be okay. But it's not. It's not. And so my question to you would be, what are you going to do with it? Because you've heard the truth of the gospel. That Jesus Christ paid for your sins. And what he asked for in exchange for that is to trust in him. To follow him. It's not hard. It's a rather simple process. It, honestly, it's going to cost you your life. But I promise you this, it's worth it. And anything that you have to give up and for his honor and for his glory, 
it's worth it. And it's way more about what you get than what you'll ever have to give up. But you do have to decide. Is he who he says he is? Let me say a prayer for us. God, I want to thank you so much for just allowing us to be here. God, thank you for allowing us to open up your word and God to continue to, uh, to study together. God, thanks for a place to be. And God, I, I ask that you'd be with both kind of camps in here tonight. God, for the person who is a, uh, God, who's a believer and at times overwhelmed, God, at times not sure what to do or how to get close to you or, God, what does it look like, God, that we would never get over you, Jesus. Jesus, that, that we would understand that you're the way and you're the truth and you're the life and, and we come to the Father by following after you. That we're made right with God through following you, Jesus. And God, for the per person who's in here and they're trying to figure things out, God, they're trying to, trying to even decide, do they, do they, do they want to put their trust and faith in you, Jesus? Spirit, I pray that you just continue to work on their heart and their life, and God, that their, their heart would awaken to the truth that it's through Jesus that we can find peace, that we can find joy, that the, that the whole God that's in their life, God, the thing that they're, they're struggling with, the thing that why they don't feel complete, it's because it's not of this world. And there's no matter of power or money or pleasure that'll ever fulfill it. Father, we love you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.